All right. There we are. Hello, hello, welcome back. If anyone is out there and you want to join in the conversation, go ahead and type right in the chat. This is Wesley Schantz, and we're back for more Signum Academy on Twitch. This is the tab I was looking for, I think. And this year we are exploring the video game influences and the ways that games and stories are connected uh, all going back to Tolkien uh, and all of the wonderful stories that we have read together over the past few years not leaving that literature behind by any stretch of the imagination but focusing on how those stories have made an impact on some of the games that people play today, or at least that have been played in the last generation or so. Does that sound about right? This is called Middle Earth to Earthbound, from Middle Earth, Tolkien, to Earthbound. I haven't talked much about the Earthbound side of this yet. We've talked a little bit about the from and the to, that bridging portion getting from Tolkien to video games is provided by tabletop role-playing games. Dungeons and Dragons, the most well-known example there. I think I mentioned last time that I always played Hero Quest, which was kind of like a knockoff version, um, and I never played it that much. Um, but I know friends of mine uh, were really into Dungeons and Dragons, and I think that you probably know more about that than I do, honestly. If you're watching this, if you're into Dungeons and Dragons at all, you probably know more than I do. So anything you want to say about that, hope you had a chance to see last time, um, but it'll get posted anyhow one of these days uh, on YouTube. You can always find these recordings on our Signum Academy YouTube channel, although it takes a little bit of time to get them posted sometimes. Um, and you can also find them in the Twitch uh, archives. It's a little tougher to find your way around, but they're, they're in there. Anyway, um, so as we're going forward with this project, I thought it would be time to introduce Earthbound sooner rather than later. Because these are the two pillars of this whole class, or this game playthrough slash discussion um, that we're hosting here on Twitch. Earthbound is my favorite game. It always has been. And I think it's a really fun take on this idea of the role-playing game. Uh, so we're going to look at some of the story behind Earthbound today, just kind of introduce it to you. And we'll spend some weeks, months on this game uh, and on its precursors, because Earthbound has quite the family tree that we'll have to go through here. So I hope that you're on board for that. Um, nowadays, if people know Earthbound at all, they probably know it through Super Smash Brothers, 
and the character of Ness and the town of Onette that appear in that game uh, in various versions in the different Smash games. Um, Ness is the name of the main character in Earthbound for the Super Nintendo. It's a 1995 game, I believe. Um, so over 20 years old now, um, but still kind of a classic in the history of the Super Nintendo and the role-playing games. Uh, the, uh, the really great examples of Japanese role-playing games specifically that people tend to know about are Final Fantasy um, and Dragon Quest. But Earthbound occupies this kind of interesting place of playing off of the ideas that are uh, classically uh, present in that genre in those role-playing games. So what do I mean by this? Well, uh, like we said, your main character, Ness, in Earthbound, um, his name is an anagram for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, the S-N-E-S, you rearrange those letters to get Ness. Um, the, uh, the weird thing about Earthbound, uh, one of the weird things about it, um, is that it had a pre uh, a precursor that is a game that came before it so the game that we got called earthbound um, was actually released as mother 2 in japan it's the sequel to a game called mother and mother uh, while never released in the u.s had a fully translated localized that is taking everything in the original game and making it ready to release in English-speaking countries like the U.S., Canada, uh, and potentially even Europe. Um, the thing is, um, by the time that the original Mother, which was going to be released as Earthbound, was ready to go, the Super Nintendo was already coming out. Um, and so this original game, which was for the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, they decided not to release it because they did not think that it would sell well enough to justify all the effort uh, and cost of marketing and doing that full release of the game. So when we're talking about Earthbound, it's a little bit unclear which game we're even referring to. Um, so right there, there's some confusion. There's the one that's well-known on the Super Nintendo, at least in the uh, the U.S., and well-known, i say that with scare quotes around it. Um, there's that Earthbound, and it is spelled this way with a capital B. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why, um, but I like that it's kind of similar to Middle Earth, where people often will misspell that one with a capital E for Earth. Um, anyway, sorry, my nose is real itchy. Um, the, uh, the Super Nintendo Earthbound or the original Earthbound, that translation of the original Mother, it's a little hard to keep straight which one's which. Um, so, for today, 
we're going to focus on the original Earthbound that was never released in the US before the Super Nintendo came out. It has been released since then in a few different versions. Um, so there are uh, at least three that I know of um, when we're talking about the original Earthbound in an English translation. So let's take a look here. I think that's enough uh, preliminary to have you well and truly confused. Um, let's take a look at the opening of Earthbound, the NES game. And since I'm not a real streamer and I haven't got my computer set up to stream this, I'm going to stream it for you off of YouTube and I hope this works okay. All right. So this is courtesy of the YouTuber Demon Raichu. We'll just watch the first few minutes of this. since then. see why they subtitled this part one attack of the appliances um, we'll pause it there I think you get the gist of that any confusion any worries drop it in the chat if you're able to um, 
So Earthbound Beginnings is the release. It's on the Wii U Virtual Console. So if you have access to a Wii U, uh, you can get that game for, I think it's $6.99 right now. But only if you do that in the next few days, because I read somewhere that the Virtual Console is going to be shut down. And I certainly hope that it just means you can't buy and uh, add to your library, but maybe you can still access your library, because I just bought this game recently um, so that I could play it with a friend of mine. Um, my friend Steve and I, we used to play Earthbound on Super Nintendo back when we were kids. And so told him about this class, and he agreed to play Earthbound Beginnings with me uh, so we could talk about it, get some ideas flowing. So there's that version, the Earthbound Beginnings version on the Wii U Virtual Console. But there's more. There's a version of this game that was released... Um, as a prototype so a cartridge that was only meant for internal use at nintendo's company headquarters somehow made it out into the wide world somebody uploaded it to the internet and that data is out there it's available it's not strictly speaking legal to play it that way but with a little bit of ingenuity and not that much searching around you can do that um, so that is called Earthbound Zero. Uh, that's the unofficial title for that prototype version that was released. And it's essentially the same as the uh, later Earthbound Beginnings. Because Earthbound Beginnings takes all that information that was translated at Nintendo and simply puts it out there in a legal form. Uh, again, that's already been online for several years at that point. Uh, because this prototype ROM uh, was already uploaded uh, in the late 90s, I believe. Um, so there's Earthbound Zero, the bootleg version. There's Earthbound Beginnings, the official version. There's yet another version of this game you could play. Um, I think it was for Game Boy Advance um, and maybe has some other releases on other handheld devices. Um, that version is called Mother 1 and 2. And so that includes the original Mother and its sequel, known in the States as Earthbound. Um, there are a few differences among these versions, but again, uh, nothing we need to dwell on for now. Um, what you notice about the game, I hope, is that in the original Earthbound, the Mother uh, game, your character's default name is... Ninten. Oops. There it is. Ninten. Short for Nintendo. Um, and so that wordplay on the character's name again carried through into the sequel on the Super Nintendo. Ninten even looks a bit like Ness. The game opens in your home, your uh, bedroom, and there's something strange going on. In this case, it's a lamp that attacks you when you try to leave the room. Um, and we'll see in the sequel how that uh, is adapted. But there's also this long bit of text. And this page of text sets up the whole story. Uh, I read it out loud for you. I hope you could hear it over the background music. Um, I hope the audio is working okay for you. But you can see that what we get 
in this premise for the game, the setup for the game, we get a time period, we get a place, we get some characters, and we get this kind of mystery set up for us. The mystery has to do with a family, with uh, a couple. These themes are all going to come back in Earthbound, that is Mother 2. Um, they'll be developed in different ways there. Um, but they're all here in miniature form in the original game. And I want to think about how this goes back to Tolkien. It's not direct, and we'll see the bridge in this case in a minute here, but um, there is definitely uh, a similarity here. So if you think back to The Hobbit, which we've talked a little bit about, um, that story centers on a character who has two branches to his family tree, the Baggins and the Took. And so Bilbo Baggins is this combination of the steady, dependable Baggins side and the adventurous, fantastical Took side. Bilbo Baggins, at the start of the story, is a very respectable hobbit who doesn't go on adventures. But very quickly, the very thing that makes the story happen is that an adventure comes to him, and he goes out and meets it. He takes it on. Um, so this combination of the ordinary and the extraordinary is very deeply woven into Tolkien's storytelling. We see the same thing reiterated in another form in The Lord of the Rings, because that story too is told from the point of view of the hobbits, these very humble creatures with no particular uh, magic about them, except perhaps the fact that they are so humble and quiet. Um, and tough, as we see, but capable of great friendship and great love. Um, in Earthbound, we have this combination of the completely ordinary, the country town in rural America, the early 1900s, and the extraordinary, this disappearance, this mysterious, sudden change, um, and then the return uh, two years later. George comes back, Maria is still gone, and that seems to be part of what we're going to discover in the course of Earthbound, is what happened to George and Maria, especially Maria, and maybe what is it that George began to study? We're told he began an odd study all by himself. Well, one of the, thir the, the first things that we'll find uh, without even leaving uh the yard, although we do have to leave the house briefly, um, we'll find what it is that great-grandfather has been studying because we find his diary down in the basement. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit more. But just to set it up again, we have the combination of the ordinary and the extraordinary. You're in your own home, and then the lamp attacks you. Um, 
the paranormal activity, the supernatural, um, and you have to fight back in order to survive. Um, so that's the setup here for Earthbound. Now, I said I was going to point out the direct link here to get us from Tolkien to Earthbound and Along with Dungeons and Dragons, which does a lot of that work, we have a game called Dragon Warrior in the U.S. called Dragon Quest in Japan. So I want to show you uh, just the opening of that game too. Uh, this is another long video. We'll just watch the very start of it. Listen now to my words. It is told that in ages past, Erdrick fought demons with a ball of light. Then came the dragon lord who stole the precious globe and hid it in the darkness. Now, warrior, thou must help us recover the ball of light and restore peace to our land. The dragon lord must be defeated. Take now whatever thou may find in these treasure chests. To aid thee in thy quest, then speak with the guards, for they have much knowledge that may aid thee. May the light shine upon thee, warrior. You put in your name. Obviously, this person's name is Sloth. Uh, and you can see there that you're talking to the king. The king delivers the story there for you sets you on your quest. You have these various commands that you can do as you walk around. Um, you have your status bar over here and the other characters on the screen that you can interact with, um, various kinds of treasures and obstacles. Um, so that is the classic Japanese role-playing game in a nutshell. Um, Dragon Quest, called Dragon Warrior in the US. It's a game that Nintendo took great pains to localize and release. You can see that they changed the everyday speech uh, from English to this kind of antiquated English or Middle English. Some people would call it Old English, perhaps, um, using thee and thou and so forth. Uh, it has this very elevated style to it, um, which is wonderful. Um, you know, they even gave this game away to subscribers to the Nintendo Power magazine because they so wanted game uh, players, kids, to get into this game for the role-playing games to catch on as a genre um, because they were so popular in Japan, but they were never really popular anywhere else until a game called Final Fantasy VII comes along, uh, which really changes the whole landscape. Um, we'll talk about that another day. But anyhow, you can hear 
the connection very close there between Dungeons and Dragons and Dragon Quest. Here is a, uh, uh, a cover art of the Japanese version of the game. The US release looks a little different, westernized, but similarly dynamic and beautiful in its own way. Um, if you're a fan of anime or manga, uh, Japanese uh, animation, you might recognize this particular artist's work. This is Toriyama, Akira Toriyama, the uh, Dragon Ball artist, also does the character art and uh, marketing art for Dragon Quest. Um, so his style is pretty noticeable there and uh, looks pretty similar to what you get in Dragon Ball. As you go out on your quest, you have to fight enemies, just like in Earthbound, uh, although they do have the good, um, the good sense to wait until you're out of the castle town, in the case of Dragon Quest. Um, so there is this pretty strict structure to these games. Uh, you get to name your character or characters. Um, in Earthbound, you get to name your favorite food as well. You have the call to adventure. You go out on your journey um, and you defeat the great uh, danger that is threatening the world, uh, whatever it might be. And Dragon Warrior, that's right up front, the Dragon Lord. Uh, whereas in Earthbound, it's a bit more mysterious as we get started out. Uh, at least in Earthbound Beginnings, the original game. And you notice that Dragon Warrior has a similar kind of interest in family connections. You are addressed as the descendant of Erdrich, this great warrior in the past who saved the world before. And in sequels to this game, you'll actually play as uh, Erdrich and other members of this family. Um, there's a whole series to the Dragon Quest games. Uh, I've never played most of them myself. Uh, I got turned off around uh, Dragon Warrior 7, um, which came out in the States after Final Fantasy 7, I, I want to say, uh, had really changed the landscape, like I mentioned. Um, and then uh, Dragon Warrior 7 is kind of this throwback, um, and it, it was a bit disappointing for me, at least. Um, I didn't like it so much. But that's me personally. I put all this out there to encourage you to check out these games in whatever form you might find them. You can just watch playthroughs. They're quite short um, from people who know how, uh, how to play and what they're doing. Um, you can find versions of these games on various platforms at this point um, and you can read all about them. There's tons of great analysis out there. Um, for example, there's an article or two out there where the creator of Earthbound, Shigesato Itoi, uh, talks about his inspiration for that game. He says directly here, um, first of all, he made the game for Nintendo because, as he puts it, he owes a lot to Mario. Uh, he has asthma, and so when he's up late at night and he can only read or play a game, uh, Mario was a game that he played a lot. Um, then he goes into uh, how he was inspired and he talks about the original Dragon Quest. He says, um, 
uh, I diligently made my way through until I beat the game. Then I saw why everyone liked it so much. So he was kind of went in with very low expectations, as he puts it, and then sees why the game is so enjoyable. There's this quality of exploration, and there's an addictive uh, quality to the uh, progressive difficulty that the game offers, uh, which we'll talk about uh, another time here. But he says here um, that he went in and talked to Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario, and he gave him the pitch for the game. Um, as they say, uh, you suggested making an RPG that started kit and didn't have swords in it. Um, and they're a little bit cool when they first receive the idea. Um, but mainly, it seems like they're concerned that Itoi, the creator, just doesn't know how demanding it's going to be to make a game. Um, so they may like the idea, but they're just not sure if he's going to be able to see it through. So that's the big difference here, where Dragon Warrior goes to this Dungeons and Dragons mode, very derivative from Tolkien, directly related to Tolkien's sort of uh, storytelling. Earthbound is set in a more modern, everyday, ordinary world. And in that way, I think it actually gets closer to the original stories uh, of The Hobbit, um, The Unexpected Journey, um, that Tolkien publishes before Lord of the Rings and, of course, his, his great tales, his mythological, legendary tales in the background of those. Um, because what really captures people's imagination, I think, is that that transition from the everyday to the remarkable, the fantastic. The idea that your real life could have some secret, magical, mysterious meaning to it is really uh, a powerful one. I think that's what The Hobbit is tapping into there. So we've been going for a good half hour now. I think that's about all I wanted to uh, get across here. So I'll leave you with this um, this translated um, introduction to Mother to hopefully inspire you to go out and play it along with us here. Uh, so this is translated by uh, Starmen.net. They put their watermark on it. Um, it's a really wonderful. Uh, the creator of the game here, Itoi, is previewing Mother, translated as Earthbound, Earthbound Beginnings. え、
、えー、敵と戦っていくというゲームであります。さまざまなセリフだとか、えー、ものだとか、えー、場所に、えー、いろんな、えー、おまけといいますか楽しい仕掛けがありまして、えー、これを慌ててやってもらうとそういうのを見逃してしまいますのでできるならば売る前からこういうこと言って何なんですけれども、えー、ゆっくりとなるべく、えー、分かるところは自分で解決しながら電話連絡なんかしないでやってくれると楽しめるんじゃないかな、えー、僕自身もなるべく改めてそうしますので皆さんもできたら。えー、慌てて駆け抜けるんではなくて、えー、映画やテレビを見る時と同じように、えー、ビデオの早送りみたいなことをしないで、えー、このゲームをやってくれるといいなと、えー、もうこんなに早くから注文を出している作者であります、えー、結構入り込みますので、えー、勉強に差し支えないように頑張ってください伊藤重里でした There you go. Did you notice? えー、境遇の普通の男の子女の子が、えーまあ、勇気とか、えー、ものだとか、えー、場所に、えー、これをこういうのを見逃してしまいますのでできるならば売る前からこういうこと言って何なんですけれども、えー、ゆっくりとなるべく、えー、分かるところは自分で解決しながら電話連絡なんかしないでやってくれると楽しめるんじゃないか。I can't read or understand much of that. My Japanese is not very good. But if you read just there, the characters for the name, right, and name HPPP level and X are all in English for us. That's helpful.、Um, but that character is saying Ninten. There it is. The default name for your character, Ninten. That's short for Nintendo. Uh, the company name in Japanese,、uh, although the console is actually called the Famicom, the family computer in Japanese. Anyway,、um, so like Itoi is saying, by all means play the game, but don't let it interfere with your studies.、Uh, I think that's a direct reference to Dragon Warrior games, Dragon Quest games,、uh, which were so popular in Japan that kids would skip school to play them.、Um, I think he's taking a little dig at the、uh, competition there. And as he says, play it leisurely. If you can, try not to rush through because there's a lot of enjoyable things, extras in the game, if you、uh, explore it and take your time with it. So,、uh, a lot more to dig into in,、uh, in that short video and this, the, the opening sequence of the game.、Um, so, we'll be talking about that a bit more next time. I hope. That I've made a persuasive、uh, pitch for you to go and, and play it and can see even how it connects back to Tolkien here. I don't think that's too much of a stretch, but,、um, but let me know what you think.、Um, you can always drop us a line through our website, signumuniversity.orgslash academy. You can find us on YouTube, find us on Twitch.、Um, and if you like this kind of stuff, Do check out the rest of what's going on at Signum University. We've got all of our clubs for the academy uh, and the Mythgard uh, Institute, uh, the space program, Signum Path, all kinds of cool activities and events are always going on.、Um, and hey, I can't believe I forgot until the very end here. 
The reason I'm home today, at least, um, don't know about you, is that it's Martin Luther King Day. So if you're watching this later, hope you had a good one. If you're watching it now, it's still the end of the day here. Um, it's not too late to observe the Martin Luther King holiday in some way. Um, a remarkable example to go back to this idea of the ordinary and the extraordinary. Of course, his perhaps most famous words were, I have a dream in that great speech during the March on Washington. Um, I have a dream. Uh, what is that but taking your imagination and applying it to the real world and using your um, your ability to imagine something better to make it happen in reality. So I hope that's not too forced um, and that you really do uh, honor and, and, and respect this day that we get um, at least in the U.S. Uh, and again, if you're watching this later, um, let us know what you're thinking about it. Uh, and join us uh, the first and third Monday of the next month. We'll be back to talk more about Earthbound and other role-playing games. So thanks again. Take care.